Welcome to the Heartland Community Church Podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at heartlandcommunity.org. Hey, we're pretty lucky to have a worship team like this every single Sunday morning leading us. Amen. Thank you, brother. Hey, good morning. So I am Brandon Lipchak, and I want to start off by telling you that I'm excited to be here, but I want to let you know that I'm not a pastor and I'm not a preacher, okay? Closest I ever came to being a preacher was when I married a preacher's daughter, okay? My wife, Marie, 20 years ago. And if some of you are in here and you knew me years ago, and you're in here this morning, you might be thinking, man, I can't believe they let this guy in a church. And I sure as heck can't believe they let him talk. But, or if you have a a Christian background, you might be thinking, praise the Lord, he still does transform people. And I would say to that, yes, they let me in. Yes, they even occasionally let me talk. And absolutely, yes, he does transform people. I could tell you that, amen. Now. While I am not a preacher, I do have a long-time Heartland background. My wife, Marie, and I, and our oldest two kids, Brandon and Jana, started in 2004 when Heartland was meeting at Medina High School, okay? I do serve as the volunteer director of our men's ministries, the Brothers of Heartland. I do serve as a servant leader here, which is our board of elders and deacons, and I do Love Jesus with all my heart. So this morning, we will not be dissecting the Greek and the Hebrew roots and derivatives and origins of words, and we won't be going through a history of the church. I'm not qualified to do that. Okay, nothing wrong with that stuff. But what we will do is we're going to be talking about one word, faithful. Okay, two words, faithful, yes. Now, I got behind me what the dictionary has to say about faithfulness. And it says things like true to one's word, promises, or vows. Steady in allegiance or affection. The dictionary refers faithfulness back to words like honesty, true, steady, loyal, constant, believed. Now I know what you're probably thinking. Who cares what dictionary.com says? And you're right. I agree, no one does. But what we do care about is what the Bible has to say about being faithful. I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, thank you for us being here today. Thank you for talking to us through this Bible. Help us to learn a little bit more about what you mean by being faithful and as importantly, what that means for us as we sit here today. We love you. Amen. All right, first thing is, faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit, okay? Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, some of you guys that have come to church a lot, these words roll off our tongues easily fruit of the Spirit. But if you're new to church, you might be thinking, oh man, here they go again talking about fruits and spirits. Okay? Now, here's what I want to tell you. Bear with me because it's important. 
when we become followers of Jesus. Jesus lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And he wants to help us with these nine things so that they show up more and more in our lives. Why? So that we can become more and more like Jesus. Okay, it's a fruit of the Spirit, things that Jesus wants to help us, and faithful is one of them. Now, faithful or faith or faithfulness shows up 458 times in the New International Version of the Bible. Okay, and I was and still may tell you that it's the fourth most often used word in the Bible behind only Lord God and Jesus. And that may be true, but the more I looked into it, the more I saw that the word faithful can show up different times and different translations. And then we're getting into things that I said I wouldn't get into, like breaking down the Greek and the Hebrew and roots and origins and derivatives of words. So let's just leave it at this. Faithfulness is by all accounts one of the top 10 most used words in the Bible. And Jesus wants to help us with it. It's a fruit of the Spirit. So it's worth our time to take a look at today. And we're going to do that now. You can either open your Bibles up to Mark 12. You can raise your hand if you don't have a Bible. The welcome team will give you one. You can keep it. You could go to the Version app if you're technologically savvy. Or if you don't want to do any of that this morning, you can just look behind me. Okay? <clears throat> Mark 12, 41 to 44. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Now, this is a famous lesson that most of us have already read. I had read it. But as I was getting ready for today, I read it a whole bunch of times, okay? And four things jumped out of me that I want to share with you guys today. The first thing is that Jesus sees what man overlooks. He sees what we overlook, and he sure as heck saw what I would have overlooked. Picture yourself that day. You're in the church. You're in the temple. It's time to give offerings, okay? Guys with lots of money are going up, putting in big amounts. This widow comes up and gives a few pennies, okay? I wouldn't have noticed it, but Jesus did. He not only saw it, but he highlighted it. Because it says here he called his disciples to him. I look at it like Jesus is leading a practice that day, and he blows his whistle, and he calls his players over to him. He says, hey, there's something so important that I want to tell you guys. I want to teach you right now. He didn't overlook it. Second thing that jumped out at me was God's economy is different than ours. Well, it must be because it says here that this woman put more in than all the others that day. But she didn't. <laughs> she put in less, right? Unless anybody put in less than a few pennies. Unless God's looking at money differently, which he is. Jesus saw that woman's heart that day as she gave. And he sees our heart when we give. Third thing that I noticed is that God commends giving in faith. This woman must have had a great 
faith. Because it says here that she gave all she had to live on. Now, it doesn't say what she ate later that night. (laughs) It doesn't say what she did the next day. She gave all she had. And it doesn't say how she maxed out her retirement plan that month. But what it does say is that she saw an opportunity, a good opportunity to give, and she gave what she had. And the last thing that I noticed was that we're to be faithful with all that we have because it says that she put in everything. You guys don't need to flip there. I'm going to. Luke 16.10 fits in here. It says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Now, I don't know that Jesus had access to dictionary.com, but he too brings faithful back to what? Honesty, just like dictionary.com did. Maybe I shouldn't have been so quick to dismiss that definition. We're asked to be faithful in all things, in all areas of our lives, all the time. Big things, small things. Hey, thank you guys. So <clears throat> I wanted to bring this a little closer to home. Some of you can't see this whiteboard, so I'll tell you what it says. On the left side, it says things that we can be faithful with, things God has given us that we can be faithful with, like our time. We all got the same amount of time. How are we using it? Like our talents, things that we're good at, things that God has gifted us with. How about our possessions, our homes, our hands, our feet? Oldest guy in the world died last week, 112 years old, Japan, okay? They said, how'd you live so long? He said, I smiled. True story. That's on the left side. On the right side, things that we can be faithful to. What are we faithful to? I wrote down some things. I bet you we would have come up with similar had we pulled the room. Family, spouse, kids, parents, faith, fitness, Some of us I know are, you know, the the CrossFit guys are here. Fitness is important. Friends, job. And then I tried to get a little bit honest with myself at the end, and I put things like sports, Netflix, phones, Instagrammer, whatever that is. You know what I mean? So what do we have from God, and what are we doing with it? As I was thinking about that, we all know people that are faithful trying to be faithful in all multiple areas of their life. But I wanted to bring up my buddy Troy Navsker because he's a great example. And by the way, well, let's give him a hand as he's coming up here. Come here, Troy. My man. By the way, this guy is, he's a leader in his family. He's a leader in the community, in his place of work. And he's a leader at Heartland. So I thought it'd be a great use of a a, a little bit of our time to get to know this guy. The more I have, the more I've loved it. Your family's behind you. Beautiful family. Tell us more about them, brother. So Stacy and I, my family's right over here. Stacy and I have been married 18 years. We'll be 19 years in June. Thank you. We have uh, two boys, uh, Logan, 15, and Grant, 13, and we live in Seville. Great family. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your background. So my background, I grew up in Seville, so that's where I've been my whole life for the most part, and went to Cloverleaf High School, graduated in 1993, 
And I was the class clown. I was not a great guy in school. So when I graduated, uh, there was only one place for me to go, and I enlisted into the United States Army. 82nd Airborne Division of the Army, 82nd correct? Airborne Division, that's right. We, we, have a, we have a clip. We got a clip of the 82nd Airborne to see what Troy, what Troy did uh, a whole bunch of times. How many times did you do that? So I had 37 jumps over four years, and uh, 32 of them were at night, and uh, five during the day. You, you had told me that Chappie, the chaplain, told you and your team something before every jump. What did he tell you? So our chaplain would get us all together. There were about 600 of us, and uh, that was only a small bit of what we did, but all of us, uh, he would get us together, and he would stand up on a platform and he'd pray for us. And at the end of each prayer, he'd always remind us that there aren't any atheists on the end of a static line. That's like my grandpa was in the army and he would say there's no atheists in foxholes. So similar story, right? That's right. So Chappie must have had a great faith. How did, that, how did all those jumps affect your faith? So those jumps affected my faith in three ways. And first was that with the equipment that we had, the parachute, the harness, these kind of things, I did not prepare those. So somebody else did that I didn't know. So I had to have faith in that equipment. Number two was as fast as that goes, the man in front of me and the man behind me as you go out the door, one simple mistake and that's it for me. Um, it will be a bad day for me. And then number three, when you step out that door, uh, you know you've got faith in God. It's very applicable since we're talking about faith, right? Troy, was, you, you had faith in the... In, so you're saying we all can have faith in the people that God brings in our life and the things that he brings in and also in, in him. So that's, that's cool, man. You're, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you up here is because you're a guy that's trying to be faithful with your family. How does that work? Give us some tangible examples. So a couple examples of ways that we try to be faithful as a family. Number one is Stacy and I on Tuesdays try to carve out time every single Tuesday where it's time for us. We go to breakfast together. Sometimes we exercise or work out together. But it's time that we try to keep uh, untouchable so nothing else can fill that, that space. Number two is that we have a farm down in Carrollton. We've been blessed with that. And we have a farm uh, down south. And when we go down there on the weekends as a family, it's time to unplug. So we don't have uh, internet. We don't have screens. We don't have tablets, phones, anything like this. So it's a time where we as a family can really focus on each other. And when that doesn't happen, we still, if we're here uh, on a weekend, we still carve out time to go to dinner on a Friday or a Saturday night and make sure we're focused on the four of us for at least a good solid hour, hour and a half. 
That's, that's cool stuff. I know that my wife Marie and I caught an invite to join you and Stacy for breakfast at yours truly on a Tuesday. That was great. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll catch an invite down to your land at some point too. That would be nice. <laughs> um, tell, us, tell us about, I know that it's important to you to wrap your faith in with your business as a local business owner. How, does, how do you do that? Yeah, so that's a hard one because as a business owner, the one thing that you want to do all the time is you want to try to control everything. So there's so many moving pieces you want control. But I'm reminded that it's not mine and I'm not in control and it's God's. And I have to give up control and remind my staff of that as well, that I don't know where it's going. He's got it. He's in control. And I'm praying for each and every one of those people in my practice as people come in for their hands to do God's work each and every day. Sometimes we call his practice Heartland East because so many of us, you can't go in there without running into some Heartland people. He's fixing knees and shoulders and backs, and that's just what he's fixed on me. I mean, he fixes all kind of stuff, him and his team. So good stuff. Hey, this, this is not a small man, by the way. I don't know if these lights do it justice, but this is a big guy. He works out. He, he brings his fitness into his place of work as well and for his whole team. So that's neat what you're doing over there, man. The other reason why I want to bring you up here is to talk about what you and Stacy, along with Brad and Sherry Jones, are doing in our marriage ministry. And I thought military style, we'd go back and forth with some quick hitters, boom, boom, back and forth so we can understand more about the marriage ministry. What is it? So the marriage ministry that we've created here at Heartland is called Creating a Gospel-Centered Marriage. And what this is, it's a six-week intensive course for couples to come learn what was God and what is God's purpose for your marriage? Not what did you think coming into it, but what was God's plan for it? And how do we put Christ at the center of our marriage? That's important, man. That's, that's very... What, so why should we care? Why is it important? Yeah, I think it's important because if you look around the country and the divorce rate in families, um, you know, one of the big things that we see is that uh, the breakdown of the family uh, is a big, big problem. And if we can start to teach families how to stay together, um, how to let our children see us first um, pushing each other towards Christ, and number two, learn how to love each other in a way that is Christ-like, there's nothing better we can teach our kids. Amen. Who's it for? So the program is for anybody maybe that's getting married. So if you're engaged, okay. uh, maybe you're going to get married in a year or two. And for couples that have maybe been married for just six months or a year, three, three years, five years, ten years, even up to 40 years, come on in. We'd love to have you. We're always still learning, aren't we? That's right. So last question I have for you is why are you and Stacy passionate about this marriage ministry? Sure. So three years ago, uh, Satan found his way into our marriage and tried to destroy it and my family. So that has created a tremendous purpose for Stacy and I to, to you know, help build this here into Heartland so other couples and families don't make the same mistake that we did. That's cool, man. So as, um, as luck would have it, we have a couple upcoming marriage ministry events that I was going to have Troy talk March 14th and the 22nd, I think, right? That's right. So March 14th, we have the, uh, we have the event here at Heartland Weymouth, and uh, that's basically a, um, basically a date night. So you can show up here at 6 o'clock, grab a paper bag. You really don't have to get out of the car. Don't bring your kids. Don't bring your cats, dogs, anything. Just come together um, and grab a bag and just follow the instructions in the bag and have a great date night out. And then the second one is the actual marriage ministry, uh, the uh, Creating a Gospel 
gospel-centered marriage course. That will be over at Heartland Williams. It starts uh, March 22nd, and it will go six weeks long, and we need your time and attention for that one because it is great, and it will help change your lives. And that will be from 6 to 8 p.m. on Sundays. Now you guys see why I wanted to bring Troy up here. He's a regular guy trying his best to be faithful in all areas of his life. Thanks for coming up, brother. <clears throat> Love you, man. <clears throat> all right, what I want to do now is I want to bring this full circle back to the plan that God has for us here at Heartland. And this year, next year, and beyond. And what it is is called Vision 2020, A Heart for the Land. Um, it's L-A-N-D. Two weeks ago, Nicole talked to us about the L, leadership development. There's a lot that goes into the L, global missions. Mark Zakich's talked this morning about what we're doing in local missions. You saw the video with Jacqueline and Dave that talked about the thriving internship and residency program that we have. Okay? L is important, and it's the first thing because we need to develop new leaders, leaders on staff, leaders in the internship program, and volunteer leaders. Because without the leaders, we could not have gone to the N, which is the new campuses. We started the first one last summer, Williams on the Lake. Drew and his team are doing a great job, in part because we were able to send leaders. See how they fit together? We're already thinking about the next campus. We're in the early stages of that. And by the way, we don't think we're done with that one. We, we want to be, we believe God wants us to be, a church that starts new churches, okay? The A is asset development, our biggest asset that we have is our property. So I'm going to talk for a couple minutes about that today. Next week, we're going to hear about the D, debt reduction. Debt reduction is not exciting <clears throat> unless you think of it in terms of if we were able to reduce and eliminate our debt, what would that free up and how much more aggressive could we be with the leadership development and the property and the new campuses? That's where it all comes full circle, okay? Now, if I'm gonna to talk to you about the property, I wanna give you a minute background. Some of you know this, some of you don't. In 1997, Heartland was born. Heartland was a church plant. It was a new church. We would not be here if guys didn't make the uh, uh, um, initiative to start this church. And the early leaders of Heartland said, I wanna get some land. They thought God was telling them to get some land, so they got this land five years later in 2002, 40 acres. And we're glad they did because in 2011, God allowed us to build this building, and we finally had a permanent home. After 14 years, Heartland had a permanent home. And five years later, we outgrew this building. So we had to more than double the size of it. That's where we're sitting here. But more importantly, we doubled the size of our ability to serve God using this building and this land. You guys have been to how many things where you see how we partner with Ohio Guidestone. We had a men's event back there where there's a barn, there's a lake, there's a bonfire pit, okay? Family Palooza comes in here. The kids from Cleveland Central neighborhood come down. We are using this land. So many people have met Jesus because of the decision made all those years ago and the vision they had to get this land. Now, 
Fast forward to 2020, okay? What do we want to do? The servant leader team, after weeks and months and years of prayer and thought, believe that God is telling us now's the time to use the heck out of this land even more so. There's a picture behind me of what we feel it's going to look like. The first phase of three is going to be a new entrance and exit that we're going to put in. Now, why do we want to do that? We feel it's important to actually let people get in here. We don't want them to pass by because it's too crowded. And we also think that we ought to let them leave. Okay? So we're going to have an entrance and exit. And by the way, when the bulldozers are in here, we're going to have them prepare the land for phase two, which is going to be fields, probably soccer fields, volleyball court. Think about how our ministries could use those courts and fields. Think about how the community can come in even more so. Phase three is going to be a building. We're calling it a leadership lodge. We don't know exactly what it will be, but if leadership and new campuses are important to us, let's find ways where we can expand our adult ministry classes on Sunday mornings. Where are we going to fit them? We don't have room in this building, but we would out there. How about our youth? Picture them out there on a Sunday morning. How about trainings? Bring our community in. Hopefully you can see that this vision wraps together. Why is it so that we can say, oh, look how great our property is? No, we, wanna, we have this vision because we want to be faithful with what God has given us so that so many more people can meet Jesus and experience the awesome love that he has for us. Now, as I begin to finish up, I want to flip back to Matthew. I think you might be behind me. Amen. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. <clears throat> Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. <clears throat> when you're preaching, I found that you can bring any verse up that you want. That's one of my favorites, so we're, gonna, we're, we're throwing that in. Now, ironically, that last sentence, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I don't think it's about money. And I don't think it's about us. God doesn't need to use us. He could find other ways to accomplish his vision and mission. But he knows that when he uses us, when we give things that are important, like our time, like our talents, like our treasure, that is how our hearts are changed. That's how we're transformed. When we give things that are important to us, we begin to get ourselves out of the center of our lives. We begin to see a bigger plan, a bigger picture and a bigger purpose. I am small. God's kingdom is big. I challenge us all this week to look at this whiteboard. Think about in your own life, what have you been given and how are you using it? Right? Think about that. Think about are the things eternal? Are they important? Are they lasting? Are we being faithful? One of the things that is good and important, not the only thing, but one of them is this Heartland Vision 2020, what God wants us to do here to expand his kingdom. I encourage you to think and pray about where you fit in to this. Where does your family fit in to this? I could tell you that Marie and I are praying 
about what we can do and where we fit into this. Okay? Please do that. Marie and I have prayed over the years a number of times for God to get us more in the game, for him to help us focus on more important things, on eternal things. One time we did that, and next thing I know, we, my wife Marie and our oldest two kids, Brandon and Jana, we were on a plane to Seoul, South Korea to adopt our youngest son, Caden. We would not have anticipated that, but God did. In 2016, I'll give you one more example. Marie and I were praying, help us to get more involved. Help us to focus on things that are important. And God brought us back home here to Heartland, where we get opportunities like this. We would not have foreseen that, but he did. When you ask him to help get you more involved on things that matter, he will do that. Faithful, yes. We are and we will continue to be. Faithful, yes. Heartland is and Heartland will continue to be. Father, we want to thank you for this morning. We want to thank you for what you have given to us. Help us to use what you have given us, our time, our talents, our treasures. Help us to use it on things that matter, on things that are important to you. We want to be faithful with what we have. We love you and we thank you. Amen. Thanks for being here, you guys. Have a great rest of the day.